0: first line of that song, Waiting for my body that will never sin. Isn't that thrilling that that is our heritage, a body that will never sin? I've entitled this message, Believing or Attempting. believing or attempting. We read that by faith they passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, which the Egyptians attempting to do. That's what a saying means. They attempted to cross through the Red Sea just like the Israelites did. And in their attempt they were drowned. I love to think of the children of Israel, some two million of them, backed up with the Red Sea behind them, and they had no means of retreat, and the armies of Egypt with Pharaoh and his chariots are marching toward them, and the Lord puts a pillar, he's the pillar, between them and the Egyptians. And then all night long, an east wind presses upon that sea. How long did it take? I don't know. But the Red Sea actually parted. Can you imagine what that must have been like to experience that and to see that? The Red yeah. Sea parting and our text tells us that the Israelites passed through as on dry land. It wasn't even muddy. It was dry. And there they march. I don't know how long the march was, but they saw the sea as a wall on their right hand and on their left. I've always wondered what could they see in the water. Did they see the fish? Were the fish looking? I don't know. But there they go through the dry land, passing through the Red Sea. And they did so, the scripture says, by faith. Now, Pharaoh and his armies were prevented from going. You can remember that cloudy pillar prevented them from following while they went in through the Red Sea. And then the pillar left. If you read in the passage of scripture, that pillar was light to the children of Israel, and it was darkness to the Egyptians. They could not see. The pillar leaves, and they attempt to go through the Red Sea. There was no faith. They attempted to make this journey. And the scripture says the Lord brought the sea down upon them and drowned them all. Now you believe. You don't attempt to believe. You don't try to believe. You don't make a decision to believe I'm going to believe God. Oh. Faith is not something you attempt to do. Faith is something you do. You believe. You don't try to believe. Have you ever tried to believe? It didn't work. The only time you believe is when God gives you the faith to believe. You know what you do then? You believe. That's when you believe. And when you attempt, you're going to have failure just like these people did. Now, let's go back to the Old Testament account of this glorious event. Would you turn with me to Exodus chapter 13? Now, they have seen the ten plagues and the devastation it's brought on Egypt. Egypt was in shambles. They begged them to leave, seeing what all the Lord had done to them. And they leave and they take the first Passover. What a time that must have been. And then we read, beginning in verse 17 of chapter 13, and it came to pass... This is after they were already gone and had taken the Passover, observed the Passover, and it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God led them, not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war, and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up. Harnessed out of the land of Egypt. That means they were marching in rows. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. Do You remember 430 years before this when Joseph said, The Lord's going to surely visit you? Oh, what a blessed promise. The Lord's surely going to visit you. Is there a better promise than that? And he said, When you go, take my bones back with you. And so they're leaving Egypt And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones away hence with you. And they took their journey from Sukkoth and encamped at Etham in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them by the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by the day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Now they'd been marching for several days. And then in chapter one, or chapter 14, verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Piheth-Hiroth, between Migdal and the sea, over against Baal-Zephon, before it. Shall you encamp by the sea? God told them to encamp in a place where there was no place for retreat. Strategically, this was a terrible place. They didn't have anywhere to go. If Pharaoh came upon them, they were stuck. There was no retreat. And now look what God says. Verse 3. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, God said Pharaoh's going to say this because God determined it. (laughs) This was his purpose. This was his decree. This is why this would take place. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they're entangled in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. Now, hadn't Pharaoh learned his lesson? Egypt has been devastated. It's been destroyed. And now he sees them gone and he says, they're entangled in the land. We're going to be able to get them. How did this happen? Verse 4, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. (laughs) And they did so. They Came after the children of Israel after all they'd experienced in the ten plagues. How foolish sin makes people idiots, doesn't it? Because this was idiotic for him to do this. There was no way they could defeat the God of Israel, but yet God has hardened Pharaoh's heart, and here he comes. Verse 5 And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants were turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this that we've let Israel go from serving us? Well, we know why they did it, because God destroyed the land with the ten plagues. But evidently he's forgotten. Why have we done this? And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. How many times does the scripture say that? The Lord hardened his heart. And he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with an high hand. The hand of God brought them out. But the Egyptians pursued after them. All the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army overtook them in camping by the sea beside Pahiharoth before Baal Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. What about the faith we read about in Hebrews eleven twenty nine? 29? By faith. The children of Israel went past through the Red Sea as on dry ground. Doesn't sound like much faith here, does it? After all that the Lord had done for them, they still did not believe. Now, I want you to think about this. They had seen the ten plagues. They had watched the Egyptians give them all their gold and silver. They marched out. God, being with them, if God be for us, who can be against us? And yet, when the Egyptians come and they see have they have no retreat, they cry out for fear and they murmur at Moses, Why have you brought us into this place? Now we've already seen, particular in Hebrews chapter eleven that there's the Old Testament account and there's the New Testament account. That's brought out so clearly in this passage of Scripture. I think one of the most striking uh, examples in Hebrews chapter 11 is Sarah. If you read the Old Testament account when the Lord told Abraham you're going to have a child through Sarah, she laughed. And it was the laugh of unbelief. She said, can I be at this age, do something like this? She laughed. And the Lord said to Abraham, why'd Sarah laugh? She lied to the Lord. She said, I didn't laugh. She lied to the Lord at this time. And if you look at the account given in Genesis, you don't see any faith in her. Yet, if you read the New Testament account, by faith, Sarah received strength to conceive One is the story of the old man, the other is the story of the new man. They're both true, but here they are. Uh, we read in the New Testament, by faith they pass through the Red Sea as upon dry ground. But here they're scared to death. Another example, I would think that this is not just uh, a unique to the writer, to the Hebrews. What about Peter, talking about Lot? Do you know before the New Testament came around, every... Uh, Jewish writer, pretty much made Lot to be an unbeliever. And I can understand that. You read Lot's history, it doesn't seem very good, does it? But what does the New Testament say about this man, Lot? Just Lot. Justified Lot. That righteous man. That's what the Holy Spirit calls him. Whose righteous soul was vexed. Now you read the Old Testament account. I don't read of anything good about him except for the fact that he didn't look back. That's good. That's what faith is. He didn't look back. The Lord said, don't look back. He didn't. But everything he did was wrong. But yet the New Testament account gives this glowing term of Lot. So we look at these people and oh, their response is wrong. And they're upset with Moses. Verse 13. Now, here is the gospel. And Moses said unto the people, they were so upset, they were so afraid, he said, fear ye not. What is the most often repeated command in the scripture? Fear ye not. 300 over 300 times, fear not. Ye not. Now, they in their mind had a great reason to be afraid. But the Lord says, Fear ye not. Those things that you're afraid of, don't be afraid of. Fear ye not. Stand still. Don't move. Don't move a muscle. Don't try to scheme. Don't try to figure out how you're going to get out of this. Don't try to figure out what you can do. To deliver yourself from this predicament, stand still. Don't move a muscle. Oh, would to God that you and I would do that right now. Stand still. Quit doing. Quit doing. Quit moving. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you've seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. Stand still. Now, the only way you can see is when you stand still. If you're moving, you can't see. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I love Jonah's words in Jonah chapter 2, verse 9. Salvation is of the Lord. Salvation. What is salvation? It's being saved from your sins. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Salvation. Salvation from sin. That, That time when I'm... In my body that never sins. And I'm perfectly conformed to the image of Christ. That's salvation. Salvation from sin. Salvation is. It is finished. What? Salvation. It is finished. Salvation is. It's accomplished. It is finished. Completed. Stand still and see that salvation is. Is Of the Lord It's his work Alone And I'm called upon to stand still And see Salvation Is of The Lord Now They were scared to death Quit being afraid Stand still Quit moving Quit doing Quit thinking about what you need to do Quit trying to put yourself in a position where maybe it'll be a little bit better or more advantageous. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Now, when Simeon was holding the Lord when he was brought in on the eighth day to be circumcised, he said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace. I'm ready to die for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Now, the salvation of the Lord is Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus Christ the Lord. Now, when He stood as a surety for you, taking full responsibility for your salvation before time began, was there any doubt about your salvation? When he became incarnate, when he was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the virgin's womb, because he had agreed to do this, to be your Savior, to be the Savior of his people. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. When he entered that womb of that virgin, virgin, was there any doubt As to your salvation. If he's representing you. When he kept God's law perfectly. As your representative. Don't ever forget. That what he did. He did as a representative. He didn't act on his own. He said thus it becometh us. To fulfill all righteousness. When he. Worked out a perfect righteousness. For you. Was there any doubt. With regard to your salvation. When he went to the cross bearing your sins, the actual sins you committed, he bore them in his own body on the tree and put them away. Was there any doubt with regard to your salvation? When he died, and the scripture says he didn't even begin to decay, he saw no corruption. You know why? Because he completely satisfied God with what he did. Was there any doubt with regard to your salvation when he died? Saw no corruption. When he was raised from the dead, he was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification. When he was raised from the dead, was there any question mark with regard to your salvation? You see, he is salvation. When he ascended back to the Father, was there any doubt? As he intercedes for you right now, is there any doubt with regard to your salvation? Stand still. Quit doing. Stand still and see. Behold the salvation of the Lord which he will show to you today. Salvation in a day. For the Egyptians whom you've seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. Those enemies that you fear, you're going to see them no more forever. You see this salvation eternal. You're just going to see those dead bodies washed up on the uh, shore. They can't hurt you. This salvation is eternal. Verse 14. For the Lord shall fight. For you. Isn't that the gospel? The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Now, if the Lord's doing the fighting, what is there to say? There's nothing you can add to what he is doing. And this is a blessed passage of scripture. When you feel like somebody's fighting against you, when you feel like somebody's maligning you, when you feel like somebody's misrepresenting you, the Lord's going to fight for you. Just keep your mouth shut. Hold your peace. The Lord will take care of you. What a blessed promise to every child of God. Be still. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Verse 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore, cryest thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Now he says, stand still. And now he says, go forward. Those two things seem to be uh, the opposite, don't they? Stand still, now you're telling me to go forward. Well, he's talking about when that water parted, there was that dry land. And what were they to do? Take the step in, go forward. This is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the act of committing the salvation of your soul to him. Now, I know this, when they were walking through that... uh, Looking at the wall of water on either side, one thing they knew it was only God that was keeping the water up. It was only, they didn't have anything to do with this. They were sure of that when they were walking through the Red Sea. They knew that it was nothing less than the miraculous power of God doing it all. They were sure of that. <clears throat> Go forward, start marching. This is where we willingly and intelligently entrust the salvation of our soul to the Lord Jesus Christ. Lynn and I like to watch cooking shows. She likes to watch them more than me, but I, I enjoy watching them. But during those cooking shows, right at the end, they're given so so uh, many minutes or so a half an hour or so to to get the food cooked. And right at the end, if you watch them, the time's up. Uh, they put their their hands up. Finished. Nothing nothing more to do. Time's up. I've already done it. My hands are up. We put our hands up before we get started. Because the Lord already did it. He accomplished our salvation. Our our hands are up. He already did it. The work's already done. I know whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed. Entrusted to him against that day. When they took that step in. It was knowing only the power of God kept that water up. They believed in the salvation that is of the Lord. The Lord said unto Moses, verse 15, Wherefore, Christ, thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. Believe on Christ right now. I'm saying this to myself. I'm saying this to you. Go forward. Trust the Lord Jesus Christ right now. Cast your soul upon him. Trust him to save you. Go forward. Don't wait for something. Don't wait for an experience. Don't wait for something to happen. Don't wait for a feeling. Don't wait till you get better. Go forward. Take the step in that sense. That's what he said. Go through that land that he has uh, made dry through the Red Sea. Verse 16, but lift thou up thy rod, stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And behold, I'll harden the hearts of the Egyptians. And they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, up on his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I've gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. Paul said in Romans chapter 9, quoting what the Lord said, Even For this same purpose have I raised thee up, speaking of Pharaoh, that I might show my power in thee and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. This is God. This is who he is. And whatever he does is right, glorious, best, and true. When he raised up Pharaoh, to show his power. This is God working. And whatever. Don't sit in judgment. Well, How could God harden his heart? Why could he? Whatever God does is right. Whatever the Lord does is right. Verse 19. And the angel of God. Which went before the camp of Israel. removed, And went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face. And stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and darkness to the Egyptians, to them. But it gave light by night to these, the Israelites, so that one came not near the other all night. This is while while God had the east wind separate the waters. This you know the gospel is darkness to an unbeliever. It's just darkness. Paul spoke of the God of this world blinding the minds of them that believe not lest the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine unto them. We preach not ourselves but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake for God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, what does that mean? Do you have this light knowledge? Do you see that Jesus Christ is the glory of God? And that in your salvation, he gets all the glory. And you love it that way. You wouldn't want it to be any other way. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Christ verse 22 and the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left I have no idea how high it was I have no idea how far the march was but it was glorious this actually happened And the Egyptians pursued. This is after the cloud let them go. And the Egyptians pursued. And went in after them in the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, his horsemen. Now, I try to think think about this. They knew that the Lord was working in behalf of the Israelites. But they thought, maybe this will work for us. They attempted this. This was Pharaoh's fatal mistake. He attempted this. I would be, if I was Pharaoh, I believe I would have been scared to go in there. Uh, Think about this. I mean, all he'd experienced, I I would have been a little, but uh, if the Lord hardened my heart, the way he did Pharaoh, Pharaoh was going to do anything. So he went in after them. And the Egyptians, verse 23, pursued, went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and his horsemen, And it came to pass that in the morning watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians. Now, that is eerie. Uh, Did they see the face of the Lord Jesus Christ through this pillar? I don't know. But he was looking upon them and he troubled them. And took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily. Now here they are with the chariots trying to catch up with the children of Israel. All of a sudden the wheels fall off. And their chariots were dragging along the ground. And they thought, "Uh uh-oh, we shouldn't have come this way. They knew at that time. Look what they said. Verse 25, and he took off their chariot wheels so that they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. Now they had been experiencing this a lot. Now they experience it again, the Lord's fighting for them. And the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thine hand over the sea that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon the chariots and upon the horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared. I'm sure this was happening while the, Israel, while the Egyptians were, they gave up on, on their chariots and they were running, trying to get out. And all of a sudden, the Lord brings that water crashing down upon them. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength. When the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea, and the waters returned, and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the hosts of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. Child of God. That's true concerning your sins. There remains not so much as one of them. That is what the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ accomplished. The complete putting away of your sins, everything that you're afraid of, not one thing remains. It's gone. Verse 29. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. Now I, I want you to think about this. They, they saw them washed up. They saw Pharaoh, they saw all of his hosts dead on the seashore. What can a dead man do to hurt you? Nothing. All your enemies, all your sins, dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw the great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. Now when we believe the gospel, we see the great work the Lord did. Salvation of the Lord. He did it all. We believe that. And we're glad it's that way. We wouldn't want it to be any other way. He did it all. If that's not the case, I don't have any hope. But thank God He did did it all. When he said it is finished, it was finished. And the next response is the people feared the Lord. You know, I love that scripture there's forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. You see, what is the response of a believing sinner to the gospel? The fear. Of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. And, and don't ever forget what the fear of the Lord is is you're afraid to look anywhere but Christ. That's what the fear of the Lord is. You're afraid to look anywhere but Christ. You look only to Him. They feared the Lord and believed the Lord. They believed the gospel. They believed what He said. Faith is believing what God says. Everything I believe is what he said. I don't believe anything any man says. I believe what God says. They believe the Lord. We believe the gospel account. And look what it says next. And his servant Moses. Now they had been speaking in much unbelief with regard to Moses. Why did you do this? But when they hear the gospel, they believe the Lord. And they believe the one who the Lord brought the word to. Moses, they, they saw, they feared, and they believed. They believed the word of the Lord, and they believed the man whom the, brought the word. Now, somebody's saying, you mean I need to believe what you say? If I'm saying what he says, you do. He that heareth you, the Lord said, heareth me. May the Lord cause us to make this march through the dry land every day of our lives, trusting the Lord to bring us through. Let's pray. Lord, how we thank you for your salvation. We ask that you would give us grace to stand still, and see your salvation and we ask that you would give us grace to go forward and trust thy son walking through the midst as on dry land knowing that you preserve us lord we thank you for the great work which you've done bless this message for christ's sake in his name we pray amen